Welcome to the Mount Olive Baptist Church podcast. I'm Pastor Carl Stokes. We appreciate you being here today with us. Our desire is to preach the Word of God effectively and clearly so that you can understand God's desire for you in your life. Today we're going to continue in our uh, look at our fishing business that we talked about. We started off with the idea and understanding that Jesus Christ, when we become Christians, He calls us into uh, the fishing business. We're look if you uh, if you're part of a family business, who all gets to sit out? Nobody. Everybody's a part of the business, aren't they? I mean, if you've got a, a family-owned business and you're, uh, uh, unless it's uh, certain types of business, everybody helps out from sweeping the floor to uh, making sure everything's put out like it's supposed to be, to, to being a gracious host to, to customers. All those kind of things are involved when you're a part of the family business and when you have a family business a lot of times the youngins the family everybody gets involved that cuts down on labor costs and and really when you think about it uh, when you uh, have a family business like that all the profit is going towards helping support the family so you're really getting paid even though you might not draw a paycheck like other uh, employees when we become a part of the family of God we join in the family business of fishing and um, four of the of the first uh, disciples that Jesus called were all fishermen. They all understood and knew the family fishing business and understood the importance of all the efforts that went into catching fish. And Jesus told them, "Look, you're going to be fishers of men, not just fi- you're not going to fish the same way you used to. You're going to fish for men and the souls of men, and and that's what we've been called into." And so all of us have a responsibility here in this church. It's not just up to the Sunday school teachers and the preacher and the deacons to do all the work. It's all of our responsibility to reach out to those who are in our families, in our community, to hear the gospel message, to share with them the love of Christ. And that's and we have to understand, um, if you have a fishing business, your business is not... Uh, uh, making and repairing nets. It's a part of the business, but that's not the aim and the goal of the business, is it? The aim and the goal of the business is to catch fish. And our aim and goal of our church is to reach the lost souls of people who are in our community, to minister to those who are in our in our area, and to reach out to them with the love of Jesus Christ. Now, if God calls them to another church, that's fine. Uh, if God calls them to be in our fellowship, that's wonderful. We want them here, but we want them to be where God wants them to be. And so uh, we, we're going to welcome... Uh, those who uh, are led to Christ and, and come to know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. But we're not going to get all bent out of shape if they uh, feel the le- leadership of God to go and join another fellowship. The important thing for us to remember is the main thing is the main thing. And the main thing is reaching the lost. It's not uh, having people fill our pews as much as we'd love to have them be here and all that. It's not uh, singing and and 
uh, preaching service is not the main thing. And, that, and for a lot of people, that's where they get off track. They think church is about Sunday school and about preaching and the, and the music service. And all of those things are good and they're important, but they're not the main thing. The main thing is reaching the lost. The main thing is making sure people hear the gospel message. And you might be saying to yourself, well, preacher, I haven't done that in ages. I haven't done that. I can't remember the last time I did that. Well, remember, the main thing is the main thing. If you haven't been doing that, maybe now's the time to start doing it. And so we talked about the fishing business and how we're all called to be a part of being fishers of men. Then we all, uh, last week we talked about fishing buddies and how we are uh, called not to just go out there by ourselves, but we're called to go out uh, two by two. We're called to go uh, so that we can have support of, of someone else there with us, so that we can have encouragement from the other individual, so that we can uh, have help and assistance from that other person. We're not called to go out and do this by ourselves. We're all called to the task, and so we're all called to go out uh, as uh, fishing partners to go out and to reach the lost. Today we're going to look at, at uh, another aspect. Now, I've already discussed how I'm not a fisherman. I, I, I've been all of maybe two or three times to go fishing. One time I can remember uh, as a young man... Uh, my my parents took me to uh, Myrtle Beach. We went to the beach a couple of times a year uh, for our vacation, primarily because we had an inn with uh, a relative. We had a family member that had a, a hotel down there at the beach, and so it, we we got we got the family rate, you know, and so it wasn't as difficult to go and uh, be at the beach <coughs> for vacation. <coughs> well, we go down there. And we, most of the time, uh, we just spent the week uh, going down to the beach and enjoying the sun and enjoying the, the sand and, and the ocean and that kind of thing. Uh, we didn't do a whole lot of stuff. Now, part of our, our trip to the beach was to go down to the pavilion and enjoy playing skee-ball and some other things, but uh, we, we didn't do anything really organized. One year that we went down there, there was a fellow that was staying at the ho- uh, my aunt's uh, hotel, and every year that he went, he always uh, went down to Merle's Inlet, which is a, an area of uh, close to Myrtle Beach that had a bunch of fishing boats that would go out into the ocean. You could uh, uh, book pack. Uh, you could. Uh, pay to get on one of these fishing boats and go and they'd take you out into the ocean and they'd uh, do almost everything i mean they'd bait your hook they'd give you a rod and reel to use if you didn't have one they'd bait your hook they uh tell you uh when to let it down over the side of the boat and when you caught something because it let's just face it uh short of throwing dynamite in into the water and letting it blow up you were going to 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 catch a fish i mean there was no other sure way other than throwing dynamite into the water that you're going to catch fish uh i mean they uh they had uh sonar on the boat they had a gps and and the sonar and the gps made it where they could see exactly where the fish were i mean it was like shooting fish in a barrel i mean and so you you drop your hook down into the water and if you weren't catching a, a fish within the first couple of minutes they'd say drop it a little lower drop it a little bit lower and then soon you be you just reeling them in like like you were put, picking them up out out of the uh, the uh, 
uh, fish market at the at the uh, at the beach. So uh, we we went out there and we did that and we had a good time and but it was it was really there was no real sport in it because of the fact that they could go and they parked right over a big school of fish and they they knew exactly what kind of fish it was uh with the sonar and the gps they knew exactly where uh uh how far down they were and how far you needed to let your reel out they knew uh the right kind of bait to put on the hook to get the kind of fish that they knew you wanted and they would take the fish off the hook and, and put it in the holding tank so that you had your fish when you got back to the dock. And then they pointed and, and look, here's how easy it was. When they got when you got back, they said, over there you can get your fish cleaned and packaged and, and put on ice so when you go home, you can take it with you. And that's what we did. I mean, it was not like the fish. I mean, I was a good fisherman that day. Cause, uh, uh, but it wasn't a lot of challenge. It wasn't a lot of difficulty. Now, it, uh, you take me out to one of these ponds out here, uh, out in our community, and you give me a rod and re- a reel and, and tell me to go fishing, and I might get that uh, hook wet, but that's about it. And uh, I, I'm not a fisherman. I'm not a big big time fisherman uh i can sit there and talk with you all afternoon but uh as far as catching fish i I may uh but you guys that fish you know that one of the things you do is now i know there's a bobber that you put on the on the line right and that's especially for when you're out on the pond or, or lake that's so you can tell that your your line is getting a nibble right you getting is it, it, it am i right am i right okay all right it, fishing hadn't changed that much has it um you you know that uh well i mean at one time there might you might have put a cork on there instead of a little plastic bobber on there but you uh but if you're a professional seasoned fisherman you don't you don't fool with all that do you you, you know by the tug of the line that there if there's a fish nibbling on your bait and you know to jerk it or isn't that what you do that's what i that's about all i know to do you jerk it and i guess that's how you uh, hook that fish look i know how to eat it that's that's the important part for me is knowing how to eat the fish once you bring it back you gut it you clean it and cook it i could probably cook it up pretty good well too but uh and eating it i know all about that but but finding getting that fish and bringing it in look i have a hard time even telling what kind of fish is which kind so uh uh, you'll have to go with me there, but I do know that fish do bite on the line, right? They, they, and and I have been out fishing plenty of times where I'm feeding the fish. Really, is what I'm doing. I put that I put that bait on the hook and I cast it out there, and I bring it back in, and the and the, and and the food's gone. It, the bait's gone, but the hook there's no fish on the hook. The food is all gone, but the. Uh, uh, I don't get anything for it. I feel, I might as well just be taking the crickets or the worms and just throwing them out there because that's about what I accomplish. But fish bites is, is what we're going to talk about today. And we're going to look at Paul and his efforts in uh, Acts chapter 17. Now, Paul's been on a missionary trip and he's been out sharing the gospel. He's been 
uh, to places like Thessalonica and they've driven him off. They, uh, he's shared the gospel and he's had people respond to the gospel message. And when, when that happens, let me just say this. When you share your faith with people and when you share your, uh, your understanding of Jesus Christ and His love in your life and how He's changed your life and how He's transformed you, that's basically the message that Paul's been delivering. He said, look, I, I thought I understand and I knew how God wanted me to live in my life. I was very devout in, in all of that, but all it was was a bunch of rituals. And then Paul says, look, but one day I was traveling along and... and and there was a great light and it struck me down. It was so great. And, and Jesus Christ, who was crucified, was speaking to me there on that road. And He told me about things that I, I, I about myself that there's no way He could have known. And He shared with me uh, the fact that I needed to follow Him. And, and Paul said, and when Paul shared that message, it changed people. It changed people for the good and it changed people for the bad. There were people who accepted the love of Jesus Christ in their life and it changed them for the good. But then there were those who were resistant that didn't want to, to change their lives. And when uh, the gospel message hits, hits those people, it's like oil and water. It just doesn't mix. And they hated Paul for what he was doing and for the message that he was sharing. And so they tried to chase him out tried to kill him. And so Paul is found, finds himself in Athens after being uh, chased out of Thessalonica. And Paul is there and he notices some different things. And here's, here's what we need to first understand. Well, let's just look at the verses here. Verse 32. And when they heard of the resurrection of the dead, some mocked and others said, We will hear thee again of this matter. So Paul departed from among them, howbeit certain men clave unto him and believed, among the uh, which was Dionysus, uh, uh, that fellow there, Dionysus, and, and a woman named Demarius and others with him. So we have uh, these individuals who, who, when you when you share your faith, you need to understand something. Look, there's going to be some that are going to hear the Word of God. They're going to accept the Word of God and they're going to follow Jesus Christ. They're going to give Jesus uh, their heart and they're going to allow Jesus to come into their heart and life. That's these last two that are mentioned here in this passage of Scripture in verse 35. They overwhelmingly desire to have followed Jesus and they add their heart and life to, to Christ and they ask Jesus into their heart and life. And, and those are the successes. But you need to understand something. There's going to be others who are like those uh, when you go out to fish there's going to be I've been fishing and when I cast my rod and the, and the hook with the bait hits the water all the fish go like this they scatter instead of come uh, and try and find the, the hook you know have you ever been fishing when that happens you're, you're just fishing and, and it just scares the fish instead of causing them to want to come and eat the, the bait uh, they just scatter. It seems like they make themselves scarce. There'll be those who are like that. And, and what you need to understand is it has nothing to do with you. 
It has nothing to do with you casting out the line. It has nothing to do with the fact that you that you've given your your best shot to reaching them for the gospel message. You, it has nothing to do with your testimony. There are just some people who are going to reject the word of God. And you need to understand that now. It's not, God, it's not you they're rejecting. They're rejecting God. And that's something that is important for us to understand. Here's Paul. Here, Paul is such an important person. He has thee for a middle name. Paul the Apostle. He, he is that important. And when you're so important you have thee for a middle name, you're an important person. Paul is somebody who wrote most of the uh, New Testament gospel. Uh, the New Testament... Uh, Bible. We have most of his letters that he wrote to the... And look, not only did he write a lot of the Bible, he also established a lot of churches. He went on these missionary trips and he established church after church after church after church. So this guy, Paul, is no lightweight. He is somebody that knows what he's doing. And yet when Paul is sharing his me- the message of, of the Word of God... He still has people that reject it. Get that in your mind. These people are rejecting the message of God. Let me tell you something else. Uh, the other day I was uh, sitting at home and I saw a, a, uh, a, a, uh, a documentary about uh, Billy Graham on Netflix, and I, I think it's where it was. And I sat there and watched it, and it had some wonderful footage from the 1940s and 50s when Billy Graham was just starting out. All throughout his life, and all through the time in which he uh, was going around the world sharing the gospel message. And one of the things that you saw in that uh, documentary was, and they focused on all the people that came forward and gave their heart and life to Jesus Christ because of Billy Graham. And there were thousands and thousands and thousands of people that heard the gospel message and responded. But the whole stadium of people didn't move, did they? Of the thousands and thousands and thousands of people that did give their heart and life to Jesus Christ as a result of Billy Graham's uh, uh, preaching and teaching, there were thousands and thousands and thousands more that did not accept Jesus into their heart. And you cannot gauge your effectiveness as a minister of uh, your testimony, as someone who's casting fish. Look, when you're a fisherman and you're casting out your, your bait and your, and your hook, you can gauge how good of a fisherman you are on how many fish you catch. But as a Christian, you can't gauge how good of a, uh, of a witness you are on, just solely on how many people reject Jesus Christ. You need to understand there will be people who will reject the message of Jesus Christ. Don't let that dissuade you. Let that encourage you. Let that encourage you to keep casting out. Keep sharing the gospel message. Keep sharing because there's going to come a time when people are going to respond and they're going to uh, accept Jesus. They're not rejecting you. They're not rejecting your witness. They're rejecting God. And you need to keep that in mind because you can be discouraged very easily. You can be so discouraged that you decide that you'll never uh, share your faith again. There's some people who are so afraid of being rejected that they've never ever shared their faith. You can't be that way 
be a part of the family business. You've got to cast your net. You've got to cast your line. <coughs> You've got to share your faith. You've got to get out there and tell other people about Jesus Christ and about His love for you. <coughs> You've got to do it. And you can't allow those who reject it to keep you from doing it. Second of all, there were some that were... Uh, notice in uh, that, those verses, there's also some who were did not reject the message, but they didn't accept it either. These are people that God is working on, that God is, is seeking to make inroads into their life. They've not quite yet heard the message that is going to bring them into an understanding of Jesus Christ and His love, but they've heard enough to know that they're interested. These are people that, that hear the gospel message when you share your faith. Don't, they don't accept Jesus, but the next time somebody comes along and shares their faith, that's when it clicks. That's when it comes in. Now, if you didn't share your faith and uh, the time before, then they might not have heard what really clicked when they did accept Jesus into their heart and life. So what you need to understand is, is that there are people that when you share your faith, when you share what Jesus is doing in your life, when you share the love of Christ in your heart and life and how Jesus has changed your heart, how Jesus has, has transformed your life after you've come to know Him as Lord and Savior, after you've shared all of this and they, they say, I'm not really ready yet. Just realize you're tilling the ground. That's mixing metaphors, isn't it? Uh, let's let's keep it all together. When you go out fishing, there, there's times when sometimes when the people on the boat, especially in the ocean, they'll throw out uh, a whole bunch of bait in the water. They're they're throwing out chum in the water, and what that does is what, what does it do? It gets the fish to eating, right? They're coming in and they're they're saying, "Hey, they're putting on a banquet over here. Let's go and eat. Let's uh, let's go have us a good time." And so they're in there having a good time, and then here comes your line with a, a little bit of bait on it, and they don't see it any different. And then they strike, and you can you have an opportunity to to bring in that fish. When you share your faith and, and it, you're sharing it with somebody and they don't necessarily accept Jesus into their heart and life, but they're like these individuals that, uh, that Paul encountered. They said, look, we, we're not rejecting it. We don't want you to go away. Hey, come back tomorrow and share with us some more. There's a time when, when some people need to be primed. They need to, be, uh, they need to, to hear more and more in order to hear exactly what God needs to put on their heart for them to accept Jesus into their heart and life. And, and it's just like those old uh, folks, if you ever had a, a pump well, some of you don't know what in the world I'm talking about. Others, you know exactly what I'm talking about. When you go to pump, and if you pump once and twice and it didn't bring out water, if you gave up at that point, you'd never have water, would you? you got to sit there and pump and pump and pump, and then soon all the air is out of that line and you're pumping in water instead of air. You got to prime the pump. You got, and that's what it's called, priming the pump. You got to sit there and you got to work at it. You got to keep doing everything you can to share the gospel message. Paul didn't get discouraged. He heard what they said and they said, Look, come back and talk to us some more tomorrow. 
Tell us some more about what God is doing in your life. We want to hear more. We want to know more. And what you do is you come and you give them more. You tell them more about what God is doing in your life. Tell, answer their questions. Tell them more about what God's done in your life. And at that point, it might be at that point that they accept Jesus into their heart. But they're interested. They're coming and they're listening. And they know what's going on. They haven't rejected God. They just aren't quite ready to make a commitment. And so you need to not be discouraged when somebody says, hey, I need to hear more about this. I need to know more. You need to take that as encouragement. You need to hear that and you need to hear that with with ears that, that are attuned to God's desire for your life. And you need to say, hey, they're getting close. They're getting ready. I've primed the pump. I'm, I've primed the waters. I know that, that I'm going to be able to get them to know Jesus as their Savior soon because they're interested. They're not rejecting God. They're not, they're not turned away. They want to hear more. And then lastly, you've got the group that does hear exactly what God has been speaking into their heart and life. They hear exactly what they need to hear to know the desire and have a desire to follow after Jesus Christ. And so they're the ones that accept Jesus at that time. But I want to talk to you a little bit more about what Paul did before. Now we went through that passage of Scripture and we saw all the things that all the different responses... But I want to talk to you about a little bit about what the situation there in Athens. Now, if you go back in that chapter of uh, the book of Acts and you read a little bit more about what's happening, you'll see that Paul, after he's been driven out of Thessalonica, he comes into Athens and he sees prime waters. He sees, he sees an area that's just, look, this is the honey hole. You fishermen know what a honey hole is, don't you? You know what? Am I talking? The right, am I saying the right words here? This is the place you know exactly. You can cast your line in there. You're gonna get a hit every time. You know that there's a school of fish that lives there, or this this is a place where they all hang out. You know that this is the uh, uh, the right time and this is the right environment for a fish to strike. Paul comes into Athens and he sees all these different altars to different gods and he sees these people that see all of this and he says, look, he doesn't see all of that as discouragement. He says, sees that as encouragement. He says, look, they're looking for God in all these different places. And so I'm going to use that to my advantage. They're searching for a relationship with God. They just haven't found the right... Uh, they just haven't found God... And they've been missing him all along. He sees idol after idol after idol of all these other false gods. And he says, look, they've been missing it. And they've been trying to feel it. They've, they, Paul knows about the emptiness that's in their life because he had it before them. He understands and knows what they're searching for when he sees all these different idols and all these different altars. And he says, I've got exactly what they need. And that's why you need to see it as well. You don't need to see these people as searching for things in other places and say, oh, i got to scratch that person off. They're already a Jehovah's Witness. i got to scratch that person off. They're already a Mormon. Oh, i got to scratch them off. They're already a Buddhist. i got to scratch this person off because they're already doing something else. No, you need to see that as an opportunity because these people are primed. They're ready. They're looking for something. 
and you know exactly what they're looking for, a relationship with God. And you've got exactly what they need, a relationship with Jesus Christ uh, and an entrance to God through His Son, Jesus Christ. And so you, all you've got to know is now is, is what are they looking at? What does that feel in their life? And you've got the truth. You've got the exact, exact thing they need to fill that in their life. They're still searching, but you've got the answer. Paul says, uh, look, I know exactly what you need, and you've been worshiping this idol uh, this, uh, at this altar to the unknown God. <laughs> and he says, I know the God that you don't know, and I've got the answer. I'm, I know exactly what you're looking for. Second of all, Paul knows <clears throat> he sees <clears throat> something else. He sees the fact that these people enjoy coming around and listening to people talk and listen to people philosophize. These people would come together and they would stand there and you would have people that would uh, speak about philosophy. They would speak about all kinds of things that, that were going on in men's minds. And Paul said this is a target-rich environment. This is a place where people come and they love to hear the gospel. They love to hear people talk. And they're excited about hearing new ideas. Paul said, look, not only do I know that they need the gospel, and I know that they, uh, are what they're looking for, but secondly, I know that they are eager to hear. And he says, okay, so here's the rules. You go and you stand and you start teaching and you let people come and they start listening and then you answer questions. I can do that. I can do that. Now, there's not always situations where you can go and talk to people about their faith and about Jesus Christ. Like, for instance, when they're in the middle of, of conducting business and their place of business. Now, you don't interrupt them at, uh, while they're in the midst of their business uh, because uh, they're trying to earn a living. You wait until they come and they show a... Now, now, that's different if you might happen to be somebody that goes, uh, say, to a, a restaurant and you have somebody comes up to you. You can kind of throw out some bread and see if the fish are biting and say, okay, this waitress that's come to me, she's coming to talk to me about uh, what I need. Maybe I can talk to her about what she needs. Or she's asking me what I want to drink. Maybe she wants to know about uh, living water that never has to be refilled. Maybe she gets tired about having to always refill people's tea and water. Maybe I can use Jesus' words to speak to her about uh, living water that never has to be refilled in their life. Same principle. Same principle. You just adapt it to today. Or you might be out... Uh, in a common area somewhere where you're waiting on something. You sit there and you're just talking to somebody about something and all of a sudden God opens the door for you to talk to them. Use those opportunities that God gives you. Don't. Uh, Paul knew not to go into the middle of the... Of the uh, the great temple there to Athena or something like that. He knew not to go in there and try and start preaching because people wouldn't listen. He knew to sit out where people were listening and he knew to address them in that environment. And uh, so in all of this, this is all to help you to understand how to be a better fisherman. Understand 
where you need to be, understand what kind of bait you need to use, understand what kind of uh, circumstance you need. Look, all of this, when you go out fishing, if you know all those things and you learn what kind of uh, uh, wiggly worm to put on the end of your hook, you're going to catch some fish. Just like when you've got the GPS and you've got the sonar, you know exactly where they are. You know exactly what kind of fish they are. You know exactly what they like to eat. You're going to cast your uh, bait down there. Nine times out of ten, you're going to bring up a fish. You do the same thing when you share Jesus Christ. You get discouraged about the fact that you've tried to share your faith and you you go about it the wrong way. Now, look. Take somebody like Brother Daniel back there. He knows exactly where to go to find the fish. He knows exactly what kind of bait to use. He knows when and what time of the day to go. He knows all of these things. Brother Daniel's going to bring in some fish, enough to feed us all some fish. But you see me going out there with my Ronco pocket uh, caster and I've got a hook and, and some fishing line and that's about it. And I go out there at, at 11.30 because I didn't want to get up real early in the morning. I'm, I'm lazy and it's already gotten kind of a little warm and, and I go out there and I put a little bit of... I, I, well, I don't have much... I, I didn't feel like going to go to the bait shop. Let, I just get some bread and kind of clump it onto the hook and throw it in the water and see what I get. What am I going to get? An empty hook, right? I'm not going to get a fish. I'm going to be feeding uh, that bread to the ducks uh, and a few of the fish that might want to eat it. But it's not going to stay on my hook and it's not going to bring in a fish. I'm certainly not going to be satisfied with myself as a fisherman. You do the same thing when you are a fisher of men. If you go to the right place at the right time and are led by the Spirit of God and you have the right bait on your hook, you're going to bring in the fish for the kingdom of God. You're going to bring in lost souls for Jesus Christ. And that's what we have to understand. Cannot be discouraged when we go out and share our faith because we're not always going to bring in uh, someone 100%. percent of the time, Brother Daniel, when you cast your... Uh, I know you're a great fisherman, but when you cast your line in the water, do you, 100% of the time, do you bring in a fish? You do. Oh, you ask for it to be that way. Well, you don't always bring in a fish every time you throw your hook in the water. 100% of the time. We can't expect 100% of the time when we share, we can hope that God will bless our testimony. And we can hope and pray that God will direct us to the person that needs to hear the gospel. But we're not going to we're not going to bring in a lost soul every every time. We're not going to see God <coughs> win a soul for Christ 100% of the time. But we have to be faithful to keep casting the line. You got to keep casting a line in. You keep casting your line in the water, you're going to bring in a fish eventually. You keep sharing your faith, you're going to bring in lost souls for Jesus Christ. And that's what He wants us to do to reach the lost for Jesus. Let's pray.